All right, welcome to the captain's orders. This is the captain speaking. It's a wonderful day here on October 5th, about 8.30 in the evening. I'd like to welcome a good friend of mine, Parker, to the podcast. How are we doing, Parker? I'm doing well. Can we hear me this time? Yeah, I can hear you much better this time. <laughs> All right, good to hear it. How are we doing, Captain? Been a while. Yeah, yeah it's been a minute, man. Been about a month or so. 60 days tomorrow, my friend. 60 days. Congratulations, dude. That's exciting. I know you're not. You know, those... No, I'm uh the fourteenth will be my uh my two month celebration. And I think uh it's funny, these uh these little ones are kind of the most important, you know. I hate that little old cliche of just like uh you know, just like taking it step by step or just these little milestones build the foundation or whatever, but it kind of keeps you keeps you into it when you're still getting chips and still talking to people about your early sobriety and stuff. It, you know, yeah. it's exciting. Yeah, it certainly is. I mean, I mean, I'm not really into the whole step by step, day by day mentality because I I like to have a a uh, wider view of it, but at the same time knowing that each step really is another inch closer uh, really is significant. It really does matter. Yeah. And I mean, you know, looking at it this time, cause as you know, I had a little bit of little taste of uh, some sobriety a couple years ago and uh, you know, looking at it this time, it kind of keeps me, you know, lets me remember those, those early days or how excited I was, you know, sending my mom a 60 day chip, you know, stuff like that. It's, uh, it's something that's pretty easy to forget, you know, after my year, about a month after my year, I pretty much, you know, I still went to meetings. I still sponsored guys and everything, but the celebration and the like true appreciation of just being sober, uh, was a completely different mindset. You know, I think we we <clears throat> we get to a place of uh, of kind of like complacency where we think, you know, I'm I'm fine, I'm healed, I'm better, not realizing that there's still a there's still a, you know, a, an exposed nerve for, for all of us that at any moment, if it's if there's if it's pushed, that we can revert back into into what we did we had done before. I, I think that's a very true statement. I love how you put it as exposed nerve. Look at my relapse. I mean, I went three or four months drinking, you know, smoking a little pot or whatever. And, uh, you know, nothing was getting out of control. It wasn't abused or anything. Um, it was like, oh, okay, I guess I'm, you know, I'm not an alcoholic. I'm not an addict. And uh, then the second, you know, something triggered me in a certain way you know something bad happened or work got a little stressful or girl girl relationship problems stuff like that then it was just like emotional drinking became my only one and only response and just like you said exposed nerve got hit and then the bloody the the blood just gushed out well i think that there's an an, an emotional fragility you know we're a little emotional fragile at times, for instance, like yesterday, I had to go back to my old apartment to get my stuff and being around all of it again just took me right back to when I was in the, the height of my use. And I was I was wrecked the rest of the day, man. I was having like a crisis of self, you know, a crisis of conscience. I didn't even, I was like, who? I don't even know who I am right now. <laughs> right. Just seeing the environment and how you lived and little simple stuff like that. just. Well, the the question that was in my head was, how can somebody that is genuinely a good person, but there's so many cracks and fissures in that spirit or in that soul or however you want to put it, that have been, you know, filled with with darkness and with I mean, maybe even a little bit of evil. You know, how do those two powers coexist? Because I mean, maybe, you know, once once they're there or maybe they've always been there or maybe once they get there, they can't be expunged one way or the other. So how do they how do yeah, those two I mean, things coexist? That's what I was I was posing the question to myself yesterday. Well, I think the theme on your podcast has always has been pretty consistent of like inactive addiction. You know, you're a completely different person. You know, I was listening to the one about trust and 
a lot of that came to where, you know, you're talking about other people trusting you. It's like, it's easy for us to be like, well, I'm not that person anymore. But then on the flip side, as you were saying, um, and maybe even coincides with what we wanted to talk about today, but on the flip side, you go back there and you go, oh my goodness. Oh shit. Like, am I that person? <laughs> like, am I that person? Am, am I uh, the good guy playing a bad guy or was I the bad, or was I a bad guy that now I'm playing the good guy? Yeah, that's 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 the question that runs through my yeah. That's exactly where I was at yesterday. I mean, obviously, I'm in a much better place today, but um, it was more of a you get to this point in your life where you don't know exactly where you want to proceed going forward. You know, you need to take responsibility. You know, you need to come to terms with you know what's in reality, but at the same time. Are we here, Captain? Hello? Hello? Okay, you're still there. All right. <laughs> so we, then we had a little technical yeah, difficulty there. I didn't cancel out. <laughs> I did. You cut out, but <laughs> I didn't cancel. Hello? Yes struggling with exactly what you said. Am I the good guy that 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 has done a little bad or am I the bad guy that's now trying to be good again? Like which one is which? And because they're they're two opposing powers that, you know, you know, one of the, one of my favorite lines is this tug of war that's always going on inside of our our conscious. And it's just, you know, how how do they coexist to where you can still be who you need to be while accepting what you've done. Yeah, I think that's that's uh, that's the million dollar question right there. I think that's, you know, when we talked about, rest- I mean, what you mentioned to me before we started this about restoring faith in yourself. And I think that's the first question you've got to answer, you know. Um, I think in early sobriety, it's really easy to say that I'm the bad guy that now is trying to play good, you know talking to friends or family members, it's pretty easy to get in that trap of just, no, I'll be better. No, I won't use again. No, I got this, you know. Um, I think, you know, how I can really tell if someone, if you really feel that someone's truly done is when they're just like, I don't even know anymore. (laughs) That whole, the whole mindset kind of shifts, you know, where, you're not overly trying to be too good because you believe in yourself. You believe you are a quality person. You believe you do deserve better than the way you've been treating yourself or treating others or however you want to put it. But Well, like, riddle me this one, Batman. <laughs> having to go through the treatment process the second time around what was the major difference the second time around versus the first time? Uh, well, the first time I was just, uh, I, I was a newborn baby. I was, uh, um, I, I had, you know, I, I had no idea what I was getting into. I was, I was this kid who thought he knew what alcoholism was. My brother's, you know, almost eight years older than me and, his first AA meeting was 20 years ago um, in November, 20 years ago. And uh, I thought I knew, you know, dealing with him from the outside. But, uh, hello? Welcome, welcome Dean. Dean to the podcast. Welcome, Dean. Hey, Captain. What's up? Oh, I'm, here having I'm a... on the podcast. Wow, cool. Yeah, we're on the podcast, man. We're about, right, right, we're about cool. 10 minutes in. We're talking about kind of the seesaw tug of war battle between being a good person that has done bad or are we a bad person that's now trying to be good, trying to coexist with that. And then I just posed this question to Parker about whether or not, or excuse me, what was the difference between the second trip through treatment versus the first time? 
Okay. All right, Parker, go ahead and finish that up, bud. Okay, so yeah, like when I first started, I was just brand new, but I thought I knew what alcoholism was. And so I, I was also blessed with a mindset of just like, fix me. And so I listened and I did everything that I was told and I followed it along and all of that, you know. And I think that's where my reservations or kind of complacency kind of started because after I got that year, that 18 months and, you know, further in a couple months after that, um, I people weren't holding your hand anymore. You know, I was in the real world. Um, people didn't really care anymore. I was supposed to be the one that cared. And so I think this time coming around... Like, uh, one of my biggest problems with uh, the rehab we went to was that we weren't going to meetings and that I didn't feel like the curriculum was, like, forced upon me enough, you know? It was, like, complete opposite of where I was the first time in, where I was like, oh, my God, I have to do this again. Whereas this time, I was just upset about a lack of, you know, structure or forced involvement. And so what I kind of learned in that short time I was there was that, like, they keep it open for... uh to keep it open for kind of you to go ahead and learn on your own and develop on your own. Mm -hmm. So that would be the difference. I grew up and realized I had to do it. Yeah. That's a good point. (laughs) I don't know. I'm, I'm getting there myself, but I had a, it's, it's always tough. You know, you can put a lot of days in and then something stupid happens, but yeah, that's a good point, Parker. Well, we, we talk about growing up, and I think I think a lot of us want to put an age on it. Like at a certain age, we're, we're mature, we're developed. But I think it's, it's more of a, uh, a certain amount of experience. Um, not exactly a, oh, I'm, I'm 18, I'm an adult now, I'm, I'm mature, I can understand the world before me. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that a lot, man. I'm I'm 28, and I still feel like I'm 17 again, to be honest with you. You know, I'm sitting here, man, 31. You know, today is the two-year anniversary. I don't know what's going on with all these damn anniversaries. Maybe the older you get, just every damn day has to mean something. But you <laughs> know, two years ago today, I finished my master's degree, and so I'm sitting here like, clearly not an uneducated man but there are moments where i'm like what is going through your mind yeah i feel that like for me being a extremely confident person and maybe maybe you guys can attest this a little bit and maybe maybe more dean than you parker because parker you're a little bit more my speed than maybe dean is but being such an extrovert and exposing or, or employing a bunch of confidence, any any crack in that confidence, any moment of, of anxiety or insecurity can fuck up your day in a way that, you know, like like yesterday, like such a such a small thing, moving, moving some stuff, completely wrecked my whole thought process. Well, there's a lot of... There's a lot of shit floating around in your head that's associated with that place and stuff, you know. So that's not, you know, I, that's not so unusual. If I if I went to my old house today and had to look at that shit after everything that happened, I'd fucking feel like I'd I'd lose my mind. You know, because a place is like holds a lot of memories and a lot of, and it's like a trigger in itself, you know. Moving's actually a pretty big one, Captain. <laughs> it's funny that you chose moving because that's actually a pretty big deal, you know. Yeah, I, did, I, I, I definitely underestimated the impact it would have had. I didn't, I didn't realize that. And like, here, listen to this stupidity. Like, I have a box that has my dad's ashes and his flag and a bunch of my mom's stuff, and a letter that I'd written to my mom shortly before she died. And it's like, for whatever reason, I felt the need to open that box yesterday and reread that letter, man. And it was just, yeah. What, what was what was the thought process there? <laughs> like, yeah, you're a glutton. Kind of seemed like you set yourself up to pile it all on one day. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> 
that's but no, I mean, any, anything. There, there's a reason I tell people that. And, like, when I make statements, I'm just making statements for me. You know, I understand other people's point of view. But I say there's no triggers because I don't believe in triggers in a sense of, I mean, everything's a trigger, you know. Um, if you're an alcoholic like me, you know, you you drank in your car on your way to work. You know, you drank in your car on break you went to every different what am i gonna stop going to restaurants and stop going to get gas in the morning because you know i'll I'll say kind of you were talking about yesterday yesterday i had to go pick up uh, a couple bottles of water from circle k as i was about to hit my meeting and uh it was the same circle k i used to go to every morning and they had you know my cheap ass you know vodka i was doing at the end of my run and it was like the exact same setup. And so I totally get what you're saying. It pops back into your head, kind of old routines, whether they're good or bad, kind of reminisce feelings, you know? And so it's just one of those things that as an addict or an alcoholic, you have to watch out for versus when it's not a bad routine, you don't have to watch out for it, you know? Right. Yeah. Dude, I can't go to a drugstore anywhere in the country without being like, I bought liquor here. I'm pretty sure. So yeah, it's like, doesn't even matter. Doesn't even matter what state I'm in. All I'm going to think of is like five little mini bottles in my pocket. So you're saying is there's no triggers because everything can be a trigger. And I, I love that point of view because I think as an addict, and we do it probably better than anybody, is we know how to negotiate with ourselves so well and convince ourselves that we can do whatever it is we're doing, whether drinking or drugs that we could do it wherever we want. Yeah. I mean, I drank before I went to the gym and worked out. So like, what am I (laughs) going to stop going to the gym now? Uh, (laughs) You know what I mean? Or like, you know, know, I, I have a significant other in my life that drinks sometimes. Like, do I have to make her change her entire lifestyle because of me? Now, obviously if she's pounding vodka in front of me, um, every night all the time we're hanging out then that's probably not a healthy environment for me eventually i'm gonna be like all right i need a drink but you know everything that happens to me i work with some really i work with some people who could probably take from your podcast captain could probably find themselves some treatment centers but what am i gonna stop making money (laughs) you know like life goes on life goes on you know and you know what i think that i think and maybe maybe the two of you can agree. I think sometimes we get lost in what has happened that it takes it takes priority of what can happen. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we get lost. I mean it. if you look at oh, go ahead. If you look at me two days two days into treatment, I'm sitting there looking like my life is over. You know, I'm like no place to live you know, very little money in the bank account. Like, don't really want to ask you for any help from anybody. Don't know where I'm going to get a job, all of these things. And then, you know, coming on, you know, my month after you've gotten a job, found a place to live, had a little bit of money in your pocket. You know, you look back at that and you go, why was I, why was I even thinking that? That was just, you know, just made up stuff in my head. You know, know, but I, the age-old statement, every new dawn is a new opportunity, I really believe that because yesterday, the the mindset I was in has completely flipped. Like, I feel like my confidence has been restored. I feel like I'm content now. I feel like I'm – like, if I would have done a podcast yesterday, it would have been a bleeding heart, you know, crying in my, in my, in my water cup kind of podcast, you know, whining about – you know, why I'm such a bad person and blah, blah, blah. Well, today I can look at it more, you know, I, I know I'm not a bad person, but I know that I have bad in me. And now I'm trying to figure out is how those two things can get it. Right. Yeah, well, I mean, that's a good point. Like, yeah, some days really suck. And you made it through that sucky day. So, like, that's pretty awesome, you know. That's, you know, you even made it harder on yourself by, like, looking through memories and stuff. So, you know, that's a pretty good job. <laughs> yeah, right. I could have been, I I been I done that on purpose just to drink. 
<laughs> I'd like, oh, you fucker, I'm fucking drinking a bottle of wine. He's like, I could be dead and I'm going to drink over it, you know? So, that's, that's good, though. You got it, you got it, you know, don't, 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 uh, don't, like, forget the positives, you know? That's for, that's really important. Because, like, you know, a lot of it's all so negative, not, not from you, but just in general. Oh, negative, negative, but, you know, that's kind of like where I were in this position to begin with, because we're, we're kind of like negative people. <laughs> Nothing's ever good enough, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, me. I I try to I try to you know I think within you know a lot of the anonymous groups or you know any kind of recovery, um, uh, essentially everybody tries to you know separate us. That's why I hate the term like normie, um, just because if you think about it, you know all of these things we're talking about obsessing over bad things that happen or triggers in life, you know everybody goes through that. But when you get into recovery or any sort of 12-step program or whatever, you're kind of forced to analyze your life so much that you just go over and over into it. And then, you know, I think it goes, I think it's a good point on um, it's unhealthy to get back your own self-worth. Like we were talking about, you know, earlier in the cast, you know, is that everybody goes through that. Talk about triggers. Anybody that wants to lose weight. You know, every time they walk past their favorite restaurant, thinks about that stuff, you know. Right. Anybody that wants to start a new career, every time they go to work, they dread and have to deal with that, you know. And people go through this over analyzing bad memories, all of that stuff. We just focus on it so deeply because if we re- resort back to our habit, what we do to calm us, you know, it's, it's a life or death situation. It, yeah, it, totally. Yeah, we got a raw, we got a kind of a raw deal because angerholics, <clears throat> angerholics are fine torturing the world, but no one ever says anything to them. Fuck, I'm exactly. With, I've been living with an angerholic my whole life, and she can torture everyone around her twenty four seven, but she doesn't have a problem because she doesn't drink. Exactly. It's like, you know, it goes back to, you know, when you talk about believing, you know, getting back to believing in yourself is that as, you know, alcoholics or drunks or drug addicts, whatever you are, like, we're such an in-your-face problem that it's so easy that we just become the scapegoat. Whereas, you know, that's a big portion of the fourth step where you can start to learn that, hey, you know, maybe I wasn't the only problem in this situation. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Good point. Good point. Yeah, people, it was just brought up to me because it's so easy. Yeah, because people are always like, they, they like just overlook all of our really good qualities. And they're just like, oh, you're a fucking drunk. I'm like, well, no. Sorry, I shouldn't curse on your podcast, Kevin. Sorry. Uh, I think you'd be like, all right. No. I do it all the time. I'm like, no, man. I'm like, <clears throat> you're like, that's just too convenient for you, isn't it? That's not cool. Yeah. I think I think it's it's very easy to say you know say that, um, and, and then even something as simple as when my mom was like you know had a completely different you know viewpoint about it recently when we were talking and she just lost you know almost fifty pounds, and she said when people come up to her they don't say why didn't you do this ten years ago, they say oh my god you look great yeah. Whereas, yeah. whereas we show up somewhere and they're like, oh, my God, you look so great. Why didn't you do this five years ago? Why didn't you just like, <laughs> why did you drink for so long? And it's like, uh, because I, you know, yeah. I don't have the answer to that. <laughs> no, it's true. You know, personally, I think it's because they can. <clears throat> I don't know. Well, I mean, there's the legal aspects, I suppose, but I don't know. I don't know. I keep thinking about like how, you know, those movies we watched in rehab and how one out of I don't know one out of every X amount of people are addicts. But you know what? Those people, half, three quarters of those people aren't going to talk about it. So it feels like a lot less, doesn't it? It certainly does. It certainly yeah. feels like we are, we're on an island. Yeah, you know, you know, like I just been starting to like write shit on my Facebook page and I don't care who reads it because it's good, it's a good story. But I mean, a lot of people are going to be like, even if they could relate, they're going to be like, Oh, that's crazy. This guy's nuts. And I'm like, well, screw him. You know, it is what it is. Because it's not going to get better out there until people, like, get over their fear of admitting, like, that shit's not perfect. 
Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know, it's crazy. But, um, yeah, like right now I'm, okay, so here's, here's I don't want to ramble on, but so here's a, here's like a little tidbit. So basically, you know, you guys know I just sold my house in Dallas. I'm, I'm going to go see a lawyer Monday to file for separation, blah, blah, blah. So, so I've been living with my parents, you know, like, like an adult child, sure, but like for a reason, because I don't feel like spending all my savings because, you know, I got plans in the future. And I, and I got these people like, and so, you know, my parents never touched a drink in her life, but she's classic alcoholic. I mean, just the biggest control freak you'll ever meet. And no, and she's zero sum too. So if he's unhappy, everyone's got to be unhappy. And she's always unhappy. So like, you know, I'm taking like a load of shit from her and from my sister. And they're basically saying, you're a lazy bum. You're sponging off of us. And I'm like, dude, I hired you a maid. I, you know, I will buy your food. Like, I'm just don't feel like, you know, like, why do you got to go to the worst possible place when you know it's not true? But that's, you know, and that's the kind of thing. I mean, dude, when they, when her and my sister and my, and then my dad joins in on their side because he's terrified of them. And like, that's the kind of thing that would make me want to go kill myself. And what's the easiest way to kill myself? Well, drinking. You know, and sure, I could, I could go get my own apartment and I'm gonna at this point. But I guess I get hung up on the principle of the thing. Like, why are these people so fucking vicious? Like, they raised me to be good with money. And now they're using it as a weapon against me. So that's the well, I think that... the the point on, I think the point on that is like, okay, if you have a problem with it, then why didn't why did you let me stay in the first place? You know? like, you can't have you can't have both. You know, both. And I I deal with that in everyday life in different but similar situations where it's like, okay, you've got an issue with it. Don't don't agree to something and then complain about it. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or even worse like don't don't then try to block me when i do try to leave and like flip it again on me and say no you should you're safer here like they they can flip this shit so many directions i think a lot yeah. of that might be stemmed from the fact that they're they haven't dealt with their own disappointments in life and it's easier to attack somebody else's flaws and then to look at your own fuck yeah oh yeah yeah, that's a sad state, you know. I guess I guess a lot of people, I don't know. I guess I guess we're lucky that we went to rehab because a lot of people they're never going to come close to getting that whole what you just said, Captain. They're they're going to be completely oblivious if they're even doing it. Oh, I mean, I certainly was. I, I mean, that was probably my greatest greatest weapon throughout my entire addiction was people that would. And they're just trying to help because they, they care about you, but they would, you know, they would bring up the fact that I was an addict. And it was just like I immediately went into this defense mechanism where it was all about attacking them to get them off my back. Yes. Let me discredit you so that you don't have anything to say. Uh, against- captain, my captain. Jessica's now on your podcast as well. Oh, hey, how we doing, Jessica? Sorry, Captain, go ahead. Oh, yeah, we're, we're, I, I finished what I said. No, yeah, like, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I'm special or anything, but I was persecuted so hard and so long that I went out of my way not to ever be that person. So it's really, really hard for me to understand how people can be so completely blind to themselves. And then I start getting paranoid because it is hard for me to understand. And I start thinking they're just like pure evil people. And that's what really messes me up. I, I don't think that they're, they're blind to it. I think it's, it's kind of the opposite. They're completely in full view of it. They just don't want to accept that it's a flaw. Ah, okay. Like they're John Wayne and they have all the answers. Type exactly, of thing. exactly. I know better than you because... You know, because I've experienced this, this, or this. Jesus, Jessica. Sorry. Jessica, come on. Get out of the car. (laughs) Sorry, man. Yeah, no. So 
sorry. That that's it, right? Like they actually think they are right, so they don't have to think about it. Wow, that's that's crazy. But I guess that's how we're. I guess that's how we're raised in America. You know, if you're not right, just yell louder. I gotta get the key. Ah, oh, Jesus Christ! All right, sorry. No, and I think the opposite of that same thing is when people acknowledge their problems but don't have any action behind it. It's like, oh, yeah, okay, I agree. I'm sorry that hurt you. And then do the same thing over or acknowledge it's a problem, but that's just me type of thing. Like one of my favorite memes is when they talk about astrological signs and they're like, I'm sorry, I'm a Pisces. That's how I am. And it's like, no, you're just kind of kind of a bitch. You could just say that, you know. <laughs> like, I'm just gonna blame this on my when the birth month I was born, or I'm gonna blame this on my parents, or I'm gonna blame this on whatever. Like, accept me for that, and it's like I, I'm all for accepting people for who they are, but like you can't just you know broadcast negative qualities and expect people to just be okay with that because that's just quote who you are you know i mean not to say that i'm any better when i was using it was like okay i'm a drunk i get it but like let's move on but now i'm like okay yeah i would i was pretty shitty you know i I need to take some action and some responsibility behind that you know do what i can and it's just you know when we talk about the 12 steps of life not even recovery or addiction people don't really acknowledge that or focus on that or even really work on that. I mean, it's getting better. I mean, the therapy industry is just booming in the U.S. Well, I think that there's a a gigantic realization that you know there's there's not broken people out there because we're we're all broken in some way, some shape, or form. There's something going on with every individual, something eating at them, whether it be you know, grief or personality disorder or addiction or a combination of the three, you know, or. Uh, I'm back. I got cut up. I guess when someone dials your phone, it cuts you off. For some reason. Oh, uh, yeah. Dean, are you at a rock concert? No, no, I don't know what's going on. I'm in a hotel lobby. <laughs> let me get out. I'm not going to talk until I get out of here in two seconds. It's like the worst reverb I've ever So when we talk about renewing faith in yourself, what, what it all comes down to action. It really does. I really, I really do agree with you. It comes down to, you know, we've all acknowledged what we've done. Everybody knows what they've done. You, you know what you did. You did it. Now, what are you going to do about it? What are what's what's the first step you're going to take to move in a different direction? Obviously, sobriety needs to be that first step, but after sobriety, what comes next after that? Well, I think people talk about finding a purpose, and, you know, I think people equate that to, like, a career or, uh, you know, any sort of um, employment or status symbol, you know. My purpose is to be a nurse. My purpose is to be a school teacher. My purpose is to be etc when in reality for me like my purpose is you know to uh stay busy you know help as many people as i can whether that's someday that's help uh you know 20 people and some, some days that's help no one but just stay busy and always be available did we get that at all 
You guys, I can hear you. I'm getting some crazy feedback. Hold on. I gotta get a. I'm getting like a. Captain, we still on? Yeah, we're still on. Okay. And yeah, I mean, I just think that, you know, people get caught up in their um, status symbols. And I think that my examples probably were wrong because nurse, school teacher, all of those are incredible um, occupations and real lifestyles. You, know, you would know firsthand, but um, but you understand what I'm saying. You know, people say, oh, my, my purpose is to be, you know, even if it's something as simple as a plumber, it's like you're focusing on the wrong thing, you know. Like I'm a I'm a huge believer in uh, what is your impact on other people. Oh my God! Ask him about the shooting last night, Chandler. Um, okay, what are, What are you doing to better those around you? That That's kind of what I equate purpose to. And I would agree with that 100. percent Yeah, are you a positive or are you a drain on society? And you know, we've got a whole bunch of drains. Um, I think we've all been a part of that. Um, but also, like, are we benefiting from it? Are you talking to him on the phone? Okay, yeah, Jessica's having a hard time understanding the concept. Yeah, we're doing a, we're actually, I didn't, I wasn't expecting this, but we're actually recording a podcast, three of us. Yeah, it's cool, huh? Have the one that relapsed on there. <laughs> okay, yeah, Jessica's, uh, she's having a night because of uh, some stuff, but it's cool. No, I'm having a drunk night because my boyfriend's. Fucking birthday is tomorrow. I'm drinking with us. Yes. I don't know if you want that on your podcast, though. <laughs> I think that's I'm real life. Honest with you guys. I feel like I'm messing don't up your podcast. <laughs> I'm doing my podcast thing. It's fun. All right. She's she's not she's she's cool. <laughs> Uh, I don't know, man. <clears throat> Probably, I don't know. Oh my God, that's so, so Gavin, what do you do to, um, you know, what's your interaction with people like? What What are you up to nowadays? You know, aside from doing this podcast and trying trying to reach out to as many people as I can through this. It's really been about trying to figure out a way. And I'm still in the, the planning of how I'm going to broaden the audience. Okay. Hey. Hey, what do you say, Captain? Do I, I said, I said uh, you know, my, my way of trying to make an impact on other people really stems from, you know, right now in this place in my life where I'm trying to put it back together as best as I can. And I, you know what? I don't even want to say put it back together because I don't, I don't think we can do that. I think for, for us, you know, we always want to we always want to roll back the clock to before we were an addict, or be, you know. But I don't think that that's really the direction we need to go. We need to roll the clock forward and see where we where we can be. Well, I love that you said that because that was one of my favorite things. Um, one of my mentors said, you know, a couple of years ago, when people, you know, newcomers would come in and they just say, "Oh my God, I can't wait till I get this back or this back or my life back or whatever." And he'd be like, dude, I don't want any of that shit. Because obviously that, that didn't work for me. Like, it's time to just start new. And you even said it earlier where every, what was it, every dawn brings a new day or whatever. Every, every new dawn is a new opportunity, man. Yeah, every new dawn is a new opportunity. And it's just like, okay, you don't like something about yourself. Time to change it. You know? Yeah. Really I, good friend I, of mine I, has been complaining about her job for a year and a half and she finally found another one and now she's finding a way to you know not kind of question that and i'm just like 
I'm like, what? It's a three. It's almost a four dollar raise. Like, I'm all for continuing to find more stuff and keep climbing up that ladder. But you should be appreciative of that. You've been, you've been in the dumps about this job right now, and it's something completely different that she's excited for, and it's a four dollar raise, and she's still finding ways to be like, well, I deserve this. Like, okay, yeah, not because a great, because not a great she sign. used to make that. Right. She used to make that type of thing, and it's like, okay, well, well, how do you feel about the two years you spent making four dollars less? Like, <laughs> why was it okay to do that, but it's not okay to take one step up if it's not ten steps up? Do you understand? Does that make any sense? Yeah, totally. That was totally makes sense. I mean, like, yeah, like if I compare what I used to make with what I'm <clears> going to make in the future, I'd lose my mind. But it didn't matter what I made because I was miserable and I was drunk all the time. <laughs> right. I mean, I could have made a million dollars a year and I still would have spent it all somehow on stupid shit. Yeah. I mean, I I was, you know, nothing super glamorous. I was managing a retail store for a long time. And, you know, I now I'm now I'm I'm a driver for a moving company. I told actually one of the guys we went to rehab with and his first thing was, Oh man, you're better than that. And I was like, No, I'm not. I got out of rehab a week ago. Like, I'm not better than that. Like and, and what's funny is now that I've been there like almost a month, I'm actually gonna make more money than the like nicer title. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I and I have a way easier uniform. <laughs> and so it's just like it's all about I mean, I guess everything in life comes down to perspective. You know, I mean, yeah. honestly, there was a, there was a time when I was a bartender, you know, that um, I would make, you know, stupid amounts of money, but I spent it all on cocaine and booze. And, you know, every month still was out of money. I paid my bills and had cool shit, but I didn't have money in my pocket. I didn't have savings. I was drunk all the time, you know. So it's just like, was that was that a better opportunity for me or is making less money at a job I like and in a mindset that I like, is that better for me? And I think that comes down to what you were saying, Ryan, is like in this current state for me, I have a much better opportunity to help more people or at least help myself. Well, I mean, I can I could take it back even before the addiction had set in. I was still exhibiting certain behaviors to where I think a lot of people could see that, that I was a time bomb, you know, because I always wanted to, anytime anybody would try to put a dent in my armor, you know, or try to attack my confidence, you know, if I didn't like what anybody said or like what anybody did, like I quickly went on the offensive and totally tried to, to take them out and take them out of the equation. And that's, that's exactly what I did at the height of my addiction is, you know, I think that's where I hurt so many people that I care about is they were trying to help me. And instead of accepting that help or acknowledging that I needed help, it was, you know, complete arrogance, you know, like, it's me. I got this. I'm fine. You know, I'm, I'm good. You know, what's, what's wrong with you? Why are you so worried about me? What's going on with you? Right. Yeah. I was doing that long before any kind of drugs came into my life. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause we all had like, I mean, I'm pretty sure we all had pretty unhealthy, certain unhealthy patterns that were causing us problems way before we started drinking or taking drugs i know i did i was like you know because i was like super defensive all the time no one could tell me anything because i had been you know criticized so much my whole life i was just like no one's ever going to criticize me again which of course you know if they're actually trying to help you it's different (laughs) you know right and you you, think like everything is like i'm like I'm like, you know, I think everyone's trying to fight with me when they're just like, actually, some of them are actually just trying to be helpful. Well, like, I'm such a control freak that I don't like anybody having any type of control over my life. And so when people try to reach out and help, it was, who do you think you are? 
you know, trying to take control of my life. And it wasn't, it was just complete, you know, arrogance and being naive to the fact that, you know, dude, they're just trying to help, man. They're not, they're not trying to, to attack you, insult you, harm you in any way. They're, they're, they care about you. And that's what it comes down to. Yeah, totally. I mean, life is so much easier when you accept, I don't know. I mean, there's people who are like up to no good sometimes, but when you're actually accepting help from people who mean to give you help, life is so much easier. Yeah. Yeah. I was a pretty big control freak. I'd give people work and then I'd do it for them because I was like, oh, it's not good enough. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't that bad, but, but I definitely would, I would definitely give people like less work than they could have handled because I was afraid they were going to do something wrong and then it was going to reflect on me and I was going to get in a big thing with the boss and, so I definitely made my life a lot harder than it had to be because I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to handle criticism from anybody about anything at all. So I would just do everything myself all the time and just like fucking burn myself out and work 18 hours a day. And I hated my life. It sucked. And I kept telling myself, well, see, the thing is you can't criticize me, dude, because I'm working 18 hours a day. So you have no right to criticize me, but that's not rational. Like you're all, <laughs> you know, the owner of the company always has the right to criticize you. Your my problem wasn't my problem was that I shouldn't have been working 18 hours a day to begin with. Cause then that set me up to be even yeah. more angry. And I, I think, I think we, we do it a lot. You know, obviously what I did to myself yesterday I completely set myself, myself up for failure trying to do too many things in one giant step, you know, moving, going through boxes, yeah. just looking at hurtful stuff. And it's because I think sometimes we get kind of unimpressed with how far we've really come. We're like, oh, man, I'm only at 60 days. I should I should feel better than this. And I'm going to go back to what I said before you, you jumped into this, Dean. I told Parker that as as addicts, and maybe maybe more than just addicts, I think maybe all people have this. Um, is you know, there's an exposed nerve that at any time we feel that nerve get pricked in any kind of way. We have the uh, a fortune or misfortune of knowing how to how to numb that and turn that off. Right. Yeah, in like the most unhealthy way possible. <laughs> and I think what what separates addiction from all the other ailments out there, like personality disorders and depression and all that, is I think addiction has such an impact on other people. You know, you get drunk and you get angry and you, or you yell at people, you know, you're doing drugs out there, committing crimes. You know, you have such an impact on everything around you, you begin to, like, poison, you know, the well. And so that's where you get so many people, you know, looking back at you to the point, like, you know, you, dude, you need to get your life together. And you're, you know, we're so, so good at changing the subject and, and you know, turning it back on them or, or however you want to put it and being, well, I'm, I'm, I'm fine, I'm, you know, I'm good. You know, what's, what's right. with everybody else yeah because you get that little window you get that little window where you're like feel like you're superhuman you're like oh, this huge problem is bugging me I just need this little window of like 15 minutes to solve it <clears throat> but then <laughs> but then you know you're great for 15 minutes then the window closes and you're fucked because now you're now you're kind of drunk and your window's gone and you're even more tired and yeah it, no good so I used when, to do that all the time. I, I mean, I, I had to make sales calls or something at a job. I, well, this was only towards the end, I guess, really technically. But yeah, I would like take like three drinks and then I'd make the calls because I'm like, and then I was basically, and I, I'd be like, yeah, well, that was great. You know, if that was my only job. I'd be set. But unfortunately, I had like four more hours of spreadsheets and crap to do, you know. Well, I think we covered a, a solid amount there, Captain. I'm uh, probably looking to sign off for this evening. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm with you there, bud. I mean, just to just to wrap it up and wind it down. I mean, we covered quite a few topics tonight. Not really a 
a uh, specific topic. I think we've got a lot of things off our chest that we wanted to talk about. Um, but going forward, I think we need to realize, and I, I'm probably the biggest offender of this, is you know everything incrementally. You know we can't take giant steps. We obviously want to improve ourselves. But you're not going to see the masterpiece in one day. You're not going to see the finished product in one day. So when you talk about improving yourself and, you know, getting to that place where this addiction isn't the dominating force in your life anymore. Um, mm-hmm. And I think we all want to get there at, at some point. We all want to become those. Um, we always we, we want to become those like alumni speakers that got like 20 years in where, you know. You know they're still active in recovery, but it's not. You know they're 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 able to, to find success and happiness in their life, while those of us who are still relatively new, in the in the process, you know we're still looking inward a lot. So, right. Well, and I think I think when you think about think about that, if if you go to meetings, you can see that. There's always that one or two that have their 20 plus years, or maybe so I saw a guy pick up a 38 year chip the other day, and it's it's inspiring to see. But if you really like do a count on all of the chips that were picked up, is you know three quarters of that meeting is all newcomers <laughs> fighting the same fight just like us, you know, all six months and less, you know, and you can see that across the board at every meeting. And it's a you know sad thing about this disease is that it's constant. You know, people are going to relapse. That's how life, you know, life happens. It's uh, it's sad, and you wish them the best, but and you hope they find their way back in the rooms. But yeah, you're totally right. Everybody wants to, you know, when they start feeling better, everybody wants to be that 25 year chip person with their life, quote unquote, together with the house and the car or whatever they desire type of thing, and they get to just come in and speak once a month and you know, act like everything's cool. But when you look at the realities of this disease is that, you know, 70% of the people in the program are, you know, I mean, that quote is completely made up or that statistic is completely made up, but the majority of the people in the program are brand new, man. Yeah. You know, whether it's their fifth time or their first time, they're still pretty early in continuous sobriety. And you can see that by any meeting you go to, just looking at the chip hole, pick, the people picking up newcomer chips or 30 days or 60 days or 90 days. And then you see one guy pick up a five-year chip and you're like, oh, five years. Well, the whole meeting is newcomers. <laughs> right. Well, you know, and for me, for me this time, I got to just, you know, stay humble and hold on to this newcomer part because, you know, um, because I, I get the opposite, you know. I get a little, I start feeling well, you know, no problem. I'm going to start trying mm-hmm. something again and, you know. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's a really good point. I mean, I, I, actually, I actually have something to add to this before we go, which is really interesting to me. Because, so, Captain, what you're saying, like, it's like, what I'm basically hearing is you have a desire to have something. And, and the way I've been looking at it the past Oh God, I don't know the past week, like I don't have any desire at all to achieve anything. And yet I'm getting more done than I ever did before. If that makes sense. Like, I think like you, you had your situation is, is a little unique in the sense that you had so much emotional baggage that maybe you never dealt with from your, your younger years. I think we all have, you know, that, that, that kind of trauma in one way, shape or form. But especially when you get into your, you know, your 30s, your 40s, and you have so many experiences, but then you still have this, you know, this something inside of you that hasn't been dealt with, um, it can almost rip you down faster than a person who's 18, 19 who falls into addiction because with them, it's more they don't they don't really know any better. They're just trying to experiment or maybe just trying to escape where we we do know better we we did know better we just yeah. we just we took the gamble anyway yeah right exactly and like you know and like and i guess what i'm trying to say is for me like my lack of desire you know it runs counter to like everything i was raised with like want things go after things you know i don't want anything right now 
and I'm happier and I'm getting more actually producing better, not wanting, if that makes sense. Well, I think you're hitting the nail oh, yeah. on what this whole podcast tonight was, was supposed to be about. And I'm glad that I'm glad that you said that and we could finish on that is we keep wanting to go back to what we had before when that that's that's going to set you back to the really the starting point where your addiction was where we need to be is in a new place altogether. Now, does that guarantee that the new place is better? No, because you see people relapse all the time. You know, I mean, not to not to point the finger at you, Parker, but, you know, you went into your, your <laughs> first treatment with a certain mindset. You came out of it and you made it, you know, a good while, you know, like 18 months or so. But you were you were right back in it. And probably your second your relapse was probably more damaging than the first time around because you, you did know better. So we, we, we can't say, you know, we want to go back and, you know, have this, this or this, you know, Dean, you're, you're happier now because, you know, you've turned a new page, you know, you're like, I don't, I don't need to want this, this and this. I just need to, you know, need to want to wake up every day and, and go do, be busy. I don't need to have this, yeah. have this, this or this. I just need to be distracted and be busy. Well, you know, and I still have these goals that I've always had, but, it, but they don't, they don't feel painful anymore. Like, you know, it's not like a painful thing. It's just like, it feels natural. I'm like, well, it'll, of course it'll work out. And before I'd be like, you know, oh, Jesus, I'm failing again at my dream or whatever, you know. And I don't feel that way at all now. It's, and it, it's creatively a lot better place to be. And so just to, to, to sign off with this, um, as we go forward and we look back at, the the damage we've we've done to the our lives and the, the lives of those around us that love and care about us, we have to accept the fact that you know we caused that. But at the same time, we can't dwell on that because our path has to be a path going forward. Our path cannot be a path in reverse. You know, because if you, if you go in reverse, you're going to go through you know everything that you know, you, you, that, that hurt you, you know, and we, we can't, we can't do that, especially as addicts. We can't afford to relive every single memory of addiction because it's, it's going to trigger the relapse. And I think that's where relapse comes into play. So for us, and I'm, and I'm so happy that the three of us are, all of us are nearing that 60 day mark because is, is 60 days that monumental in the greater in the grand scheme of things actually yeah it is because it's you know a whole month out of treatment you know you're not you're not in a in a place where somebody else is is shielding you from the pressures of life and the ability to to use now we've made it a month in our own world and we can still sit here well i uh podcast not to cut you off, Captain, but uh, I know a lot of people that call the 60 days the I think I can do it ship. And I, 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 I couldn't agree more. I could not agree more. So. Yeah. Yeah. Aye, aye, Captain. That's good. Got it. <laughs> and so. Uh, well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Well, I'm, I'm glad. Yeah, man. I, I didn't realize I, I was going to come in on this. I would have been more prepared, but I'm up for it any time. Oh, I mean, well, you know what? Let's plan on doing another one on Monday if we can if we can do it. Um, yeah, no, this is around. this is good stuff for me. You know, it's it's essentially having like our own little meeting. Um, that obviously the three of us get to get to sit around and and talk about what's going on. Um, and this this is obviously a much longer podcast than I usually do. Usually my podcasts are about twenty minutes, and we're going a whole hour now. But at the same time, I think it's it's therapeutic to to be able to talk about your addiction with addicts because, you know, we're, we're the ones that understand it. We're the ones that get it because we're all going through it. So I, I'm, I'm so happy that you guys jumped in tonight. You know, I had a, I had a great time talking with you and let's do this again on Monday if we can. You got it. I'll be around. All right, Gavin, have a good one. Well. Keep fighting. <laughs> all right, Parker, take care. So as everybody signed, 
So as we sign off on this podcast tonight and looking back on it, just to reflect and kind of narrow down the talking points, you know, I think we, we talked about a lot of things that, you know, have harmed us all in the past. And as we, we look towards the future, obviously there's there's some insecurity and anxiety of can we can we balance, have, have balance in our life? Can we coexist with, you know, who we are and what we've done? And that, I think, has to be um, the first step towards towards going forward. However, at the same time, you know, we also have to realize that this is a, a long process and it's going to take, you know, minutes and, and hours and days and weeks and months to get where we really want to go. So obviously we don't want to take on too much at one time. You know, we want to keep the end game in mind or where we want to go, but realize that it's, it's really a process. You're never going to be done. You know, you know, you're never gonna be, you're never gonna be healed the way you think you 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 are. It's never gonna be the way you envisioned it. You know, that could be better, it could be worse. You know, only time can tell. So as I sign off tonight, I want to thank everybody who tuned in. I want to thank Parker and Dean for jumping in and having a good time with me. And I want to thank all those people that uh, pay attention to the captain's orders. All right, thank you everybody. Have a good night. Hope all is well. And uh, always remember that uh, every new dawn is a new opportunity to, to better our lives and better those around us. Enjoy.